And welcome back again to Who Day Today. All your Bengals news only once a week. The names kind of ton of sense. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that John Oliver show, you know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Last um, week tonight. Yeah, last week tonight. So we got the um, NFL season upon us. Um, football's finally coming back. Yeah, we're recording this on a Friday, so what, we're six days out from the start? Yes, and I think it's nine days till the Bengals game. Feels right. Math adds oh up in my head. Um, I, I posted a timer on Twitter since yesterday. <laughs> I think it was 10. So we need to talk about the training camp slash preseason. They, they had a... Yeah. What a very reduced training camp. No preseason. Yeah, game. I mean, obviously with COVID, things had to get changed up. So no preseason games. Uh, preseason roster instead of being ninety, it was eighty this year. So you're gonna have really some shortened camps. You're gonna have a lot of your stars probably not doing much. You're really gonna miss out on the fact that undrafted rookie six seventh round picks get to show the case their skills and like that week four preseason game those are things we're going to be that we've missed so there's it's difficult to find those diamonds in the rough kind of thing but it is where we're at right now with everything in the world so, so we haven't had a podcast in you know about two months but what's happened yeah, there wasn't a lot to report on. Yeah, with with everything that's happening, you're missing a lot of the news, a lot of the things that you expect to normally see or discuss. It's just not happening because of the lack of travel, the lack of preseason games, the lack we have of our scrimmages to look at. Really? And yes. Yes. And it's just pictures on the sideline, like, oh, look, you caught something. <laughs> I think. I don't know if he came down with it. The pitcher looks like yeah. he's going to catch this. That's what the reporter said, though. He caught it. Oh, we always trust reporters, right? Definitely. <laughs> I never make anything up. What moves did the Bengals make this offseason? Should we start with the free agent pickups, maybe? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's kind of give a quick offseason review. So, obviously, we'll talk about free agent pickups some really big spending happened brought in two cornerbacks Trey Waynes McKenzie Alexander both from Minnesota both starters brought in Von Bell from New Orleans uh, to really take over and become our new safety brought in DJ Reader one of the top nose tackles in the NFL yeah he's and a good pickup for sure DJ Reader Noticing a theme that's four defensive players out yeah. really focused on revamping the defense. We did bring in a guard from Dallas, uh, CO Filo, to play more than likely probably start a guard for us this year. Besides that, we didn't really bring in too much on offense, at least as far as free agency goes. So we addressed defense pretty heavily in free agency, and then came the draft. Now, who do we take number one, Scott? Oh, uh, that would be uh, Jonathan Burrow. 
Jonathan Burrow. What a good man. Man, he's looked stupendous. For everything we said, obviously he's still a rookie. Some rookie mistakes have happened, but a lot of the Bengals players and coaches have been raving about his uh, leadership, his swagger, what he's doing, the reads he's making. A lot of them are really saying he's showing maturity and an NFL readiness that they didn't quite expect out of a rookie QB, which is always great to see. You know where that comes from. Organization he learned that from. That was the Ohio State University. That was definitely the Ohio State University. It also helps. They're talking about a guy who's in college for four years. There's not many quarterbacks in today's NFL that have four years of college competition under their belt. And at two illustrious programs. For sure. I was, uh, I was kind of sad when he left because I always wanted to, I wanted to see how he would do if given a chance, but the talent Ohio state had, it made sense for him to. Well, and obviously you can't hate on Dwayne Haskins. You know, he left Dwayne beat him out and he set the record for passing touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely not. It's like, like, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, we'll never really know. Maybe Joe Burrow wouldn't have been the Joe Burrow if he didn't have to have that that True. extra added chip on his shoulder to go to LSU. Definitely. Um, they had so, the talent put around him right. to be successful. Right. But what's crazy, <laughs> it, I, I watched a video on it, all of his miraculous plays, and they were all made outside of the pocket, scrambling. Like He just has this uh, Patrick Mahomes ability to turn nothing into a 50-yard gain. Which is going to be exciting in Cincinnati. He's a sneaky athlete. He's a better athlete than people think he is compared to like oh, Aaron Rodgers. Definitely. Oh. I would agree with that. Yeah. We'll just see if he can handle speed of the NFL. This is a real deal. Yeah, it's going to be. It'll be different. Uh, I think he will adapt. And again, he's got not many rookie first overall picks come in and have the weapons he has. I mean, let's just compare last year's quarterback took it in the first overall pick, Kyler Murray. Who yes. did he have on that team offensively around him last year? The oldest starting wide receiver in the league. Yes. And then he had Christian Kirk, who developed, looked pretty good. His running back started off as David Johnson and then got replaced by Kenyon Drake down the shreds it didn't work out that great yeah so not a lot of talent there now let's look at what joe burrow starting with a back-to-back a thousand yard rusher definitely a hall of fame caliber wide receiver who's younger than larry fitzgerald by like six years at least uh, wide receiver coming off of back-to-back 1,000-yard years and Tyler Boyd. Yep. And then, by the way, second overall pick for the Bengals this year, T. Higgins out of Clemson, who had a first-round grade for most people. He's a slot guy, right? No, no. T. Higgins is... No. Uh, no, no, the he's, wrong one? 
You're thinking of the guy who stayed at Clemson. Okay. You're thinking, I think you're thinking of Justin Ross, who will be a first-round pick this year. You know, they're all orange. I don't know. It's like, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're all orange fast. He was the big one. He's the six-foot-four. Like, they okay. basically say he's A.J. Green reincarnate. Gotcha. So, who do we get? The speedster? We we got T. Higgins. We got... He is not the speedster. The speedster is Justin Ross, who is still in school. What do we got we in got our hands, the, Refresh my memory. Uh, Like our wide receiver roster right now? Just give me T. Higgins. What is his strength? Oh, uh, AJ Green reincarnate. Big, go up and oh, get okay. the ball. Gotcha. Six, I didn't know. six foot four, crazy big wingspan, good hands. Just throw it up, let him go get it. Um, and we do have, speaking of just speed, sir, we also have um, our first round pick from a couple of years ago, Ross, who looks like he's supposed to be healthy this year. So he might, might be able to finally show that explosiveness. Uh, that made him a first round pick. They're just, they're going to have to be able to deal with adversity. This team is not going to win every game. As long as they can keep no. their, their morale high, I think they're going to be okay. I'm sure a lot of them understand that, look, you know, they see how many young guys are on this team. And take a little bit to. Well, they've manage. already faced they've already faced some adversity. I think they've had to trade for a nose tackle. They've had to sign some defensive tackles, be it opting out or getting hurt. Um, yep. So they've already dealt with that. Uh, Trey Waynes, who we mentioned earlier, is one of the big offseason signings. Has a pectoral injury, so he's going to be missing time. Probably start on the IR. So I mean, there it, already is adversity that's happening. It's got to be one uh, of the worst seasons to rebuild your total whole offense too. Like. Not so much oh, rebuild, sure. but even establish it with this with a new coach. Right. No, a hundred hundred percent. I mean, it's been a tough off season for the whole learning side of it. Yeah. But I like the pieces they have and I think I think we're gonna be better than people have uh predicted this year. And I think a lot of it's honestly gonna start with um the running back. Not I mean Joe Burrow is great, but I think what we've seen the past two years, especially down the stretch last year, I think Joe Mixon's going to be probably the key for us having success yeah. this year in the next few years. And obviously, I think they did the right thing is to move on to the next big topic of the offseason. Joe getting that contract extension just here in the last couple of days. Absolutely. Um, let's pull this up. So you want to talk about the deal as it stands? So the full details, according to Ian Rappaport, because we're official and we have sources, (laughs) uh, is four-year deals, $48 million. It comes with a $10 million signing bonus, which he deserves that. That seems like a... Like, hey... We owe you for all the work you did on your rookie contract. There's that bonus. A second round pick rookie contract, by the way. So yeah. he, he didn't get that sweet 25 mil Joe Burrow's getting. He sure didn't. Um, so they made up for that. Relatively small base. with it, So this contract is loaded in the back end. 
Uh, 1.3 million typical. for the first year. Yeah. But um, if he had that but, 10 mil, had that 10 million, he's basically making 11 mil this year. Yeah, absolutely. So the, how, that's just all the finagle cap, right? Yeah, if you give them the siding bonus up front, so you're not, that is actually not part of, I forget how they structure it, but yeah. That's why you get a lot of teams and they restructure deals. They will take like money from the contract from like the yearly pay and make it a bonus. Gotcha. I don't, I don't know the, you know, the ins and outs of how that works, but you'll see that happen a lot. It, it almost, to me, it seems like the damn cap barely makes sense because they can just kind of maneuver around it anyway. For the most part, yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of finagling happens. Now, there's some things. Really, the finagling happens when you make the deal. It's when the deal is already in place. That's when it gets tough. That's when it gets tough to finagle. But, I mean, it seems really like getting, these, these guys get a few years in, it's always like, well, now we're restructuring. Right. Like, yeah, of course. I mean, looking at this deal, we're talking 8 mil base in 21, 8 mil 2022. 20, uh, 9.4 in 2023 club option for 9.6 in 2024. And oh, by the way, when this contract ends, he'll be 28. That's crazy. He's yeah. He could go have a whole nother career with another team if he doesn't want to be a part of the Bengals anymore. Yeah. So. Now, that's the other thing I do like about him. He's been very adamant. Obviously, he had the issues coming out of Oklahoma. Um. But he's been very adamant that he wants to be a Bengal for life. Obviously, I think this contract came together pretty quickly, and I think at a reasonable rate. So I think that he he knows. Listen to some of the things he said too, where he says, "I know what my value is. I know I'm market value. I'm not trying to be the highest paid. I know what I bring to the table." Yeah. Well, this would be a good contract, even for a team when the. Next yeah, CBA it, comes through and starts. Yeah, I mean, because it gets to 2023, and oh, we're only paying our running back nine million. We're still doing good. Yeah, exactly. And I'm assuming he's going to be pretty quality still. One would assume. Years. Obviously, we can't predict the future, um, or else we wouldn't be doing this. But I, I think, a, it's I think it's a great contract for us. We lock up a good piece of the offense for years to come. Coming off 2,000 yard years, he said it himself. He's eyeing to set the Bengals all-time uh, rushing record for a season, which is over 1,400 this year. I know we talked about some of those other stats where um, you would pull that up. What was talking about his how he compares to Dalvin Cook and was yeah so interesting nuggets last season Joe Mixon averaged 9.5 yards after the catch per reception trailing only Dalvin Cook who had 11.3 and Alton Eckler 10 point and that's saying something because it's a good stat nope, to look at he didn't get Alton Eckler had like five catches a game he yeah. probably got targeted seven or eight Joe Dalvin Mixon Cook did not have that Dalvin Cook got the ball 25 times a game Joe Mixon had plenty of games where he got lucky if he got one pass thrown to him. 
and plenty of other games where he was lucky if he got the ball 11 times. So when you start putting those numbers out there behind a battered offensive line last year and you say, wait, he still rushed for a thousand yards? Yep. An average so, nine and a half after the catch? After the that, catch. Yeah. Yeah, that's those are solid numbers across the board. I think there was that one uh quote from uh Belichick that said he thinks Mixon is one of the best running backs in the NFL. I mean, come on. That's you can't get much higher praise than Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's probably eyeing him for five or six years down the road, maybe. Classic Belichick. Classic. <laughs> but I think um, it's a good deal. I'm pretty happy we got it done. And I I, I generally look forward to what he's going to do this year. I could easily see him finishing. I don't know if he'll get 1,400 yards because I don't know, honestly, if the offensive line is quite there yet. But I think he could easily probably get 1,500 yards total for the line of scrimmage. Well, we have a lot more um, pressure against defenses vertically this year, so... You that is true. Run game. That is true. That makes a difference. I I hope they get creative with all the weapons they have. Well, they have put a lot of emphasis of bringing Joe Burrow's playbook and play style from LSU. They're trying to make things very comfortable for him. Mark, which especially with the, I mean, you don't have an well, offense established anyway, so you can kind of tweak it however you need to. Right, right. And they had at LSU last year uh, that Clyde Edward Hilaire, who the Chiefs took in the first round, who he had, I don't remember how many catches. They think I think they said he had like 70 catches last year. Wow. Plus of over 1,000 yards rushing. So, I mean, that leads yeah. me to believe that Mixon is definitely going to be more involved, and they need to have him more involved. The games that we looked really good last year is when Mixon got the ball 20 times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even They were even going to them third down scenarios like a dumb pass. Because of that 9.5 average after the catch. like That's him getting the ball at the yard of scrimmage and taking off. Yeah. He didn't have too many downfield, guy, downfield runs. Yeah. But. What's going to help with the how, uh, last thing about this. How, how do you feel that the offensive line fares versus last year? How will that play a role in Mixon's success? Well, we're healthier to start with. Um, it's almost like we had two first-round picks this year because we finally get to see our first-round pick from the year before, Jonah Williams from Alabama. So we'll get to see him start at left tackle. Hopefully we get what we drafted. We're getting a, from what I've gathered around looking at different things, a much better Bobby Hart, which is saying something. Since Bobby Hart honestly wasn't that bad last year, and I was very skeptical of us bringing him back, but he performed adequately. We've got adequate is definitely the word for him. Adequate, yes. And to be quite frank, in today's NFL, 
to have an adequate right tackle is probably what 10 teams in the NFL would love to have. Right tackle is not a glamour position like left tackle. I mean, I, I could probably give you 10 minutes, and I don't think you could name five right tackles off the top of your head. I couldn't name most tackles. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm right. But Michael Clearly, Jordan, yeah. who they, re- they really liked Michael Jordan out of the Ohio State University yeah, okay. last year before he got hurt. I see him uh, playing this year. I think, honestly, I think he's probably going to end up being our one of our starting guards. When he gets hurt first. That's probably uh, where he'll be. <laughs> Billy Price, the jury's still out. I don't know what he's going to be, but, you know, we still have him, who's first-round pick. Trey Hopkins, our center who is just a guy who's worked and worked practice squad undrafts free agent worked worked and worked and here he is now starting center for two years in a row I like that about him yeah so there, there's we're healthier we've got some talent there is it a offensive line compared to what let's like what they have in Minnesota for Dalvin Cook to rush for what he did no, Hell no. not even close not even close is it Dallas not even close is it the New Orleans Saints not even close but it's at least not the worst in the NFL we're probably going to be in the bottom half of the NFL the bottom third it's still probably going to be there to uh Um, leading into the next thing is they're probably pretty similar to the offensive line the Bears have real middle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There, there are guys. There are starting caliber guys there, but no one is an all pro. There's, there's no. They don't have a um, Zach Martin like Dallas does. That, that doesn't exist on either of those two offensive lines. There's just guys who have been in the NFL for a while, rookies, grinders, undrafted free agents who have worked their asses off. That's, that's what they're made of. Um, I mean, speaking of the Bears, Scott, let, let's you know, let, let's go full shift here, and let me give ahead give you the floor, and uh, let's talk about the Bears. Shifting gears with me is the uh, Bear with Me minute. That is never a minute. So, big news today: the Bears have made their decision. Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback entering the 2020 season. Quick question. Okay. Are you surprised? Zero. Not surprised at all. Uh, Not surprised because the incumbent really has an advantage this year. No, the system already. The system's not changing much from last year to this year for Mitchell Trubisky. Nick Foles coming off an injury obviously a different team obviously he knows of the coaching tree and has been around um because this he has this is the offensive coordinator is this the offensive coordinator that he had in Philadelphia when he won the Super Bowl right yes and I don't I believe that that offensive coordinator is 
calling the plays too. It's something that's taken off the plate for our head coach. Okay. But uh, I don't know if he's going to be the guy the whole season. I, he's on a very short lease. And because Foles does have an understanding of this offense so well, it's going to be easy to plug him in. And they were pretty even in camp. So if they're really even, you got to go with the guy that's been there for three years. Just knows the personnel better. Timing's going to be easy to find. Not to mention last year of his rookie deal. He's on a make or break year for him because they did not pick up his option. Did not. It's He's still the young number, what, two overall pick that you took? So, I, I feel like even though you brought Nick Foles in, you have to give Trubisky the chance. I think you do, especially with an even camp. And now if Trubisky would have laid an egg at camp and Foles looked like a superhero, it would be the other way around. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, pretty even. I, I read that they both had some, you know, not pretty interceptions. Uh, Trubisky had some practices where he looked like his own se- old self. Um, yeah, 2018, where he had his best year, made the Pro Bowl. Um, by the, I mean, he didn't play good enough to really be on the Pro Bowl. Was alternate. Yeah. Um, but so, still, I mean, Pro Bowl. I br- I brought this up earlier in the yeah. day when we were talking about it off air. I said I would give him 10 games, and you said five. Do you you really think he should have that short of a leash? Yeah, I think it's going to be shorter than that. I think if he legs an egg against the Lions, a team he has fared well against. So if he doesn't come out of here looking great and they lose to the Lions, I don't know if he starts week second, second week. I don't know. Trubisky's job is not the only one on the line. I don't think they're playing games. Uh, it just depends how conservative Nag is going to be with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely be interesting. I mean, he has obviously shown flashes of being a tremendous quarterback. Um, His strength thing that, could keep continue. I'll, I'll finish after you. The one thing that I think the Bears need to do if I could throw in my two cents. I think they need to work this offense more to his strengths. I think what we saw last year, at least over the last couple of years, honestly, what they saw in college with his arm and what they're getting now in the NFL, it's just not translating for him to be the throw guy. I think they need to direct his style of offense more towards um, I'd say similar to Cam Newton not so much in Cam's uh, MVP year but like when they had Cam Newton really just year in and year out doing great in Carolina what did he do? He threw for maybe 3,500 yards but he ran for like 700 Mitch is a good athlete and if I was if I was the Bears I would start making the goal of every game. How do I get Mitch to run the ball 10 times and throw the ball 20? 
I don't know if they trust his judgment running outside the pocket. I, I mean, and then, you know, there's not really a ton of designed QB runs in the NFL. There's, unless you're Lamar Jackson. There, yeah. yeah, there's not. But when you saw the game that he did really good in last year, what did he do? He ran the ball. I think you let him be aggressive, though, because, I mean, that's all he has left. You better be aggressive and go out there. Here's the problem he's had, especially last year. The scheme would work. They would scheme open a receiver. He'd be open downfield, and Trubisky would overthrow him. And if he makes two, three of those touchdown passes, turns the the whole tide. I don't think he's that far away from being a decent quarterback, but he hasn't shown the consistency well, and again, that I think I, Nick Foles might bring. But they have two different skill sets. Also. They do, and let's be honest, Nick Foles, God bless him, he has made a whole buttload of money off of a very small sample size of success. Kind of, but he stepped up when he needed well, to. No doubt about had it. Mitch do that. There's jokes, memes about, you know, fourth quarter Mitch. It's because he's so shitty the whole game, and then he turns it on the fourth quarter, and we see this flash, and, you know, but we're already down three touchdowns, so what do you do? It's hard to come back. Right, right. And that's usually the defense is held on Minnesota to 21. It is hypothetical. And then, you know, we're at three. We got, we got a field goal or two. Like, it's... Usually something like that. Yeah. Yeah, the so, offensive law has, has been the issue for years. I mean, hell, it's been the issue for, God, decades, honestly, if you think about it, for the Bears. And Foles is a pocket guy. He is. He's more of a traditional quarterback. Now, who knows Bear if that means more success or less success for the Bears, but he is definitely a different style than Trubisky. I think what really helps the Bears offense, I'll say this, and then something that really hurts them, is that uh, apparently Graham has been a very bright spot. And him and Cole Komet have a pretty good relationship going on, showing him all the ropes, but Graham is looking like himself uh, in Seattle. The way that this offense schemes him, now they they open him up and hit him up the middle, big guy. Get him in front of a linebacker, or if they throw a corner on him, he's you know he's going to win that position game every day. So yeah. Trubisky has a reliable dump that changes everything too. Yeah, it does for sure. And you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens within this year because the Bears are a team. That has a defense that's win now with an offense that is Keep really up. yeah it's 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 can you score three touchdowns yeah two maybe can you get two work with two because I mean, we, we might take a pick six it's worked before baltimore ravens you know when they want it with Flacco at quarterback, we've seen it work before. You can have a mediocre quarterback, but a really just boss fucking defense, and you could win it. 
Yes, prop. usually that comes with a decent running back, though, and that's what's really going to hurt the Bears this year is the loss of um, Montgomery. Yeah. Montgomery, thank you. Went down with a groin injury. I don't know what they've said about it exactly. Let me pull this up. Well, I mean, while you're pulling it up, let me kind of bring this up here because we were our next segment talks about roster cuts. Something that could fit into that is we've already seen one, you know, Hall of Fame running back be cut. Do you think it they make a move for a veteran like Adrian Peterson? I would think that's a good pickup because they have six million dollars in cap space right now. You could pay him probably three mil for a year. You can pay less than that. I think. I think right at this moment in Peterson's career, you bring him in solely on like here's one mil base, and you can earn another two point five mil incentives. There you go. I agree. With, yes, it'd be like that. And then, not only does it give you a solid guy, fairly solid. I mean, you know, he's had his injuries, mm-hmm. but last year he had a pretty good year. He was the bright his, spot. His, his last two years in, in Washington, yeah. he's he was a decent player. He had moments where he showed like, you know, oh shit, that's AP. Yeah, he's not as fast as he used to be, but he can still cut. He still got cuts. Yeah, yeah. He he still has the instinct. He still has the killer instinct. He still has the finish that he can get to the end zone. Yeah, he just might not be doing it on fifty yard runs anymore. No, no. We get him fifteen out. He can make it happen. Definitely, especially we lost our short yardage guy entirely. I mean, we have they're talking Cordell Patterson's going to be in the running game somehow. Then we're going to have uh, Tariq Cohen, who they've only really used as a gadget player. Uh, they never well, established uh, him as a. The unfortunate thing is in the NFL, when you're five foot seven and weigh 185 pounds, you can't be the up the lane guy. You can't. Darren Sproles made a damn career out of it but he is few and far between and how long did that last him being that peak peak probably a couple years but he yeah. made he, he's been in the NFL I think he had like a 12 or 13 year career between the Saints and the Eagles you know just being that third down back maybe yeah. touching the ball you know, eight times a game, but when he got the damn ball in his hand and pump returns, obviously, but when yeah, he gets he the ball in his team. hands, he makes those eight plays count. Make a, make something happen, Captain, and he do it. Then that's, I think that's definitely something need a run game, especially with a lackluster offensive line. Yeah. Who we didn't add much anything to. Got a couple of depth pickups but um that's probably enough about the bears right now we'll talk about them later uh, yeah as the season goes on so let's, let's get into the nfl roster cuts what's some big cuts we had obviously we already so, talked about adrian peterson leading into that which big cut but honestly probably seeing it coming just because he's an older guy washington's not a team on the come up so no, it's they are all. looking to rebuild behind yes. some of their 
big assets they've picked up. Um, obviously but, the Jag released Leonard Fournette, who's already signed at Tampa Bay, which that's probably the biggest release of the offseason. Yes, and we knew something was going to happen there because of all the news. Didn't want to be and, there. And that's been something, a problem for Jacksonville for players. I mean, you got Nguakwe, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Fournette. People just don't like being there. I don't, who knows what that is, but clearly there's something going on culturally there that's just not meshing with players. Definitely. People do not want to be there. Mm-hmm. Not a place that's looking to win to this year anyway. Mm-hmm. An organization that's planning for the future and probably a championship run in five years, maybe three at the earliest. Yeah, I'd agree with that. As they're yeah. putting their team together, because if they get a Trevor Lawrence, they're going to build a top that. Right. All right. Well, who's our coach uh, again? In um, Jacksonville? Yeah. Doug Marone, which is honestly, from what I've gathered, most of the issues are with him. Weren't they like the most fine organization? Or no, was that Tampa Bay before? I that find their know. players the most. There's some, there was some story. One of those teams down there. The golf. Maybe Jacksonville. Know, had, Feels like a Jacksonville thing. They had, they had find their players more than anyone else. And they had a millions of dollars in grievances. Well, Feels whatever. like a Jacksonville <laughs> thing. Yeah, let's can move on. Um, uh, other surprise cuts. Um, uh, Cowboys cut. Haha, Clinton Dix. Which that's definitely surprising, considering they needed help at safety. I believe. Didn't they draft a safety in the earlier rounds in the Shares draft? I'm trying to find that. I swear it was in here. Mm-hmm. Right there. Scroll back down. Scroll back down. Slow. There it is. Yeah. Cowboys also made a surprising cut. I don't understand why they signed him just to cut him uh, they, uh, they, they believe Xavier Woods who injured his groin will be ready to suit up so they I believe really they did like sign Xavier him Woods. after Xavier Woods got hurt I think it might have been post that I mean Hot Clint Dix is a good player he did really well in Green in Bay last couple of years he's decent in Chicago um so it is definitely interesting that they cut him, especially since they needed safety help um, after Byron Jones left. Rumors of Dallas possibly be going after Earl Thomas. I mean, Earl Thomas wants to be in Dallas, and I think Dallas wants Earl Thomas, so that would not shock me. Dallas, yeah, they got a team. They got a decent defense that probably needs just some... Yeah, just PC or there. Another big... Uh, surprise uh patriots cut muhammad sanu after trading a second round pick for him last year i mean surprising to us probably not surprising yeah. to anyone who's a patriots fan because that's what the patriots do yeah belchick probably planned that the whole time like oh yeah. we'll keep it for a year uh another big one the dolphins 
getting rid of Josh Rosen. I feel bad for Josh Rosen. I really do. I do too. He hasn't had a fair shake anywhere. No, he got the one year in Arizona, and he really wasn't that bad. He had he had nothing around him, and they get the number one pick. And well, of course, if you get the number one pick, you probably take a quarterback because you had a new head coach too. Yeah, and Kyler Murray's might be a generational talent. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's got something. He's got talent for sure. Then he gets traded to Miami. Miami gives him a second round pick. It's like, okay, so Miami's going to look at him. Yeah, you would I think, yeah, we're going to be invested in Josh Rosen. Second round Let pick. Him st- sit some time around uh, behind uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let him mentor him. See if that helps him. Get it going. Now, he never looked great in Miami, but... No, but they were like, oh, well, this didn't work out as good as we thought, and we're just going to pick up with our... Now, again, can you blame them as an organization? I, I can't when you have a, a quarterback that becomes available, and you're like, this guy, let's just like Kyler. Huh, we're in a position to get a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback who would have probably been the number one overall pick if he didn't get hurt. You're going to take him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I, I can't blame those organization, but it just sucks. I, I just, I just feel bad for Josh Rosen. I really do, because he's not that bad of a quarterback. At least he's good. If he deserves a shot somewhere, he'll get picked up, be a backup in the NFL somewhere. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he goes to a team that has like an entrenched veteran, just to add some youth, maybe even a long-term solution. Um, maybe even going back to a place like San Francisco, back to the West Coast where he's from, could be beneficial. Going to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh hasn't had a good backup. Their their whole season always rests on God. Big Ben, don't get hurt. He's on a whole I'm reborn crusade right now, though. So we'll see how that works out. This guy's back. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Josh Rosen. I mean, he's still, I think, on twenty-five. He he deserves a chance to get a fair shake somewhere. If we'll ever get that, who knows? Let's see, uh, was there anyone else that you saw that? Uh, Bills cut Hauschka. He's a big-time kicker still. I believe Tennessee yeah. picked him up. Yeah, I think they cut him for a, a rookie, which unfortunately happens a lot. At least one veteran kicker that everyone knows, you know, gets cut a year because some rookie just happens to have a good camp and makes it. Yeah, and they see, oh, we can save this much money. Now, obviously, too, not every team's made cuts, so we're still got to get true. down. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially... I think the deadline's coming up here soon. Who actually, what ends up happening and who actually gets cut? Because you know there's a couple more surprises coming. Oh, a surprise the Raiders cut Prince of Mugamara. I wouldn't be mad if he showed back up on the Bears squad. They also cut Demarius Randall. I don't know kind of what they're thinking because... Well, uh, they haven't been smart with anything they've done. I Yeah, I, I don't understand... Why bring on Prince? Who, who knows? Don't they have plenty of money? I don't, where's there all their money? I'm confused. I just don't know enough about the Raiders organization 
and they're standing right. It doesn't seem like it makes sense, but we'll see. John Gruden knows what he's doing. I mean, at least he did 20 years ago. Yeah. Might have had too many Coronas since then. Yeah, they are delicious. Philly cut a lot of motherfuckers. Well, a lot of teams cut a lot. There's very teams that cut very few. So far, I'm looking through what we're, as we're scrolling down here through. Oh, Tampa Bay cut Matt Gay. Their starting kicker who actually had a decent year last year, so that's a little bit of a shock. Uh, my guess is they got to make room. They're making room. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they have to. They cut uh, Ogunbonwale, who had a couple good shows. I could see him going to the Bears, possibly. Maybe, so, good maybe the Bengals. There, there was an article I well, saw the, the, about that. Yeah, the Bengals only have three running backs in the roster right now. That's playing with fire. Maybe he doesn't get a job right away, but when someone goes down, he might get a call. Yeah. I think teams are definitely going to just kind of see how the beginning of the season goes for some. We might have some yeah, ugly moves. For, for sure. No, okay, so that's that's it. I mean, yeah. So nothing, a couple surprises, but no one uber crazy. Uh, I'd say maybe the biggest surprise has still been Leonard Fournette, but even yeah. that's not a huge surprise. Um, I was more surprised about where he went. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Because I, th- I would have seen him going to maybe like Seattle. That would have made the most sense in my mind. There are a team that's been running back starved he would go in there and almost be beast mode 2.0 yeah really i think that would be tremendous for them but and my, my biggest understanding is just playing with him in madden he was not bad <laughs> just Good imagine enough. at least <laughs> that's most of my understanding of him yes 100 percent uh well let's wrap this pitch up with talking about kind of how the quote-unquote analysts thinking the the Bengals are going to win another two games next year, and that's it. So the the article that you brought up, was it from uh, SI? Yeah, SI, who I always see shitty articles from them. (laughs) It tends to be those sources, but they, yeah, the guy there predicted, I think, two surprising things. He predicted the Bengals to go 2-14, and and from what he said from his, like, whole formula... He didn't have the Bengals winning a single game. This is Connor or he had to uh, renege on that and give them two that wins. Kind of. He, he gave the Bengals two pity wins, which uh, I know earlier, uh, an earlier podcast, we kind of went through the entire season and, and we're both in the same boat that there's a chance that they could win between five and seven games. Yeah, that's what we pretty much figured out. I'd be excited to see if they went more than that, but... Will they win the division? I don't think so. I don't even think they'll finish 500. But I think, honestly, anywhere between 5 and 11 and 7 and 9 is a real possibility for this team. And if they're close, Cincinnati will feel better about it. Yes, yes. As a whole city. And I think his more surprising prediction... Is the Steelers going thirteen and three and winning the division over the Ravens? Yeah, I don't know about that. The Steelers, I, I, the people, 
give them the fact that, hey, they're the Steelers and they've been good forever. They've got a great head coach in Mike Tomlin. But in all honesty, their roster's not that good. So, and I think that's predicated on Big Ben having a hell of a comeback year. And, and I think he will. I, I think Ben will be tremendous, but just their roster is just not that good. Except for maybe Tampa Bay. I feel like the hype house of the summer has been the Steelers. They've been hyped up by these videos that he's done where he's, I've had this resurgence and I had surgery and got a haircut and flew on a plane. And uh, I speak to Jesus when I go to sleep now or something like that. Uh, Any little blasphemy to the podcast. Sorry. (laughs) There's a smidge. But yeah, no, no, I, I agree that it seems like a lot of people are really big on them. And I, it feels like the Ravens are just being ignored after they had a great draft. They made their team better. They made their team better. Oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson's still the quarterback. And still getting better. And yes. they've got a beast of a running back in what round? Third round? Yeah. Or the yeah. second? That's to go on top of the two already, like, they already had Mark Ingram. And they oh, already they had... might be able to run a triple option in the NFL. That would be crazy. Oh, shit, my pants, that happens. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to watch still, it. They'll have Mark Andrews, who's one of the top, probably five tight ends in the NFL. Uh, they still got Hollywood Brown, who is just going to be better this year. I think the Steelers would definitely finish second in the division. Honestly, you know, I can't say that even. I can't say that even because who the fuck knows what the Cleveland Browns are going to do? No one. On paper, they have the best team in, in the division. On paper, their team is loaded. Uh, they've been the hype house for the, the previous two years. They've been hyped yes. hard. And they have done nothing with it. So who knows if this is you, they put it together. But in my mind, you can't, until you see it happen, you cannot put the Steelers ahead of the Ravens. I agree. I'm looking up who this fucking Connor or is. I'm on his LinkedIn. Look at this <laughs> fucker. Oh. Yeah, I don't like He's his from face. New Jersey. Look at him. He's from New Jersey. I don't like his face. Like he knows shit about the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he went to Syracuse. Uh, he went, he to, went Syracuse. to Syracuse. Continuing. Uh, well, there's not really anything else to talk about. That kind of no, no, is wrapping let's, up. Let's, let's put a... Uh, orange and black bow on this thing and let's let's wrap this one up um just obviously let me give a quick preview uh next podcast we're gonna do and we're gonna get right into the nitty-gritty of the season uh give a quick breakdown for the upcoming game and uh get a little in the fantasy our draft is monday it is it is it'll be fun i know if we can talk about a little bit of that see which one of us takes a Bengals player <laughs> Probably me. I feel like I'm always I'm always prone to take one. It just depends on where things are for me. I play the board a lot. The only plan is if you got an early pick, you take a running back. Yeah. That's the plan. I'd be oh, happy oh. to end up with Mixon as my number one. I, I honestly think if I get pick one through four, I'm going to go running back. If I get pick five through seven, ooh, that's when it starts getting dicey. It's okay. Well, okay. Now, do you take a Michael Thomas? 
Do you take a Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, we're going to have a weird draft. Gets a little iffy there. Fantasy's kind of getting flipped a little bit. I don't know. Trends are changing just a smidge. Quarterbacks becoming runners. Michael (laughs) Uh, Michael Thomas, just on his receptions and stuff like that. I mean, he had... We played a PPR. He had 130 points just in receptions. So that's taking out touchdowns and yards. He got 130 points just on catching the ball. You know? Gotta love the fantasy. It's gonna be a wild year for fantasy. I really hope Yahoo is updated that anyone that's not playing is gone and off of that bitch. Well, hopefully, I'll be subject to fuck something up that way for sure. Fingers crossed. Let's let's wrap this puppy up. Uh, Where where are we getting this posted at, Scott? Where can the good folks find it? Pretty much everywhere. I mean. hit up on Twitter for a link but it's Apple I don't know if Spotify's on there Spotify's weird to get into if you're not established at all so I might have to try that one again uh, any of the big leading podcast podcast apps that I could think of were in there so um, if you just look up Who Day Today on Twitter you'll find us you'll find me specifically because Robert won't help with that won't get on social media I don't know I'm the voice. I can't even get him to go to TikTok. Uh, um, it's funny shit on TikTok. Can't even send it to him. I, I've heard my the, the the wife has shown me, but you know I, I'm man. I'll of just have to turn them to her, so she can I show you. Strong convictions. Anyways, this has been uh, Who Day Today. Thanks for listening. As long as you did, if you could rate and subscribe, comment if you will. Uh, we're just you know having fun with our hobby. Thanks for listening. There it is. All right. Have a good one.